1: Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. 337 3, 3, 7, 66, 66 is number to call. We'll continue with your calls talking Mets, talking fandom, whatever it is that's on your mind. Mets, Yanks. Look, Yanks need to – they'll be back in action tonight. Garrett Cole on the mound for them. Yanks need to make some moves. here. So really, the move to make – I know Bader's coming back, so that's one move. The other move to make would be Oswald Peraza. Bring him up. And you now have a – you hope to be a productive bat, but obviously he's a better chance the way he's been raking in the minors and you know, what you expected from him – coming into the season, he'd be a better chance right now than what you're seeing from Josh Donaldson or DJ LeMayu. You could have one of those guys, DH, move Stanton in the outfield, and you have Peraza at third. And now you're solving a couple different problems because Bader comes back, Peraza up, Stanton in the outfield. It just makes the Yankees lineup that much better. And they need to change something up here. Now I think they'll get going here at home against the Mariners, against the Rangers. But we need to see it. I mean, we need to see the Yankees start looking like the Yankees again, even without Aaron Judge. And remember, last time that they got Bader back in Tampa, he showed a big difference. He came back. He made a big difference. So they need that again, especially not knowing when Judge is going to come back. I'm not sure what the holdup is with Peraza just yet. Maybe they want to give Donaldson a little bit more time. I think they're making a mistake with that. Yankees should be calling a Peraza. Uh, ASAP. Anyway, Mets get a big win, 11-1. They trounce the Astros, finally uh, getting some production from everybody in that lineup. Max Scherzer with his best start as a Met, eight innings, allowing just the one run on the home run. So, look, uh, Mets at least give you hope for a night. Yankees will be back in action, as we said. Tonight, Joe is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Joe?
2: Hey, Sal. Great show, as always. Love talking to you, man.
1: Thank you, Joe. How are you?
2: Uh, good, Sal. uh, that father son thing uh, regarding uh, you know what teams mm. uh, you're rooting for uh, have an interesting story if, if you have time it's it's a quick yeah. one but yeah. uh, my dad was born in 1943 he has since passed but his father first generation uh, Italian American was in World War II when he was born so he didn't get back till 45 and I don't know if it was a resentment with my dad being with his mother at that at two years old or whatever but growing up in the Bronx my grandfather was a a, uh a diehard yankee fan my father decided to become a brooklyn dodger fan and um i remember as a a young kid even national league against the american league they always went back and fought and fought uh my my dad's favorite player was duke snyder i mean uh but this this went on as i was a child i remember watching the, the yankees versus dodgers and my they they would get in argument, serious arguments. I mean, it's so strange, but that's the way it went. I mean, I myself became a Mets fan because my dad became a Mets fan after the Dodgers left. So but you followed I your dad? That. My father did
1: that, yes. Right. Well, I'm saying you followed your dad's fandom.
2: Oh, I followed my dad, absolutely. I mean, I remember going – I was at the game when – I, I must have been when Tom Seaver returned. I remember we went uh when he came back to the Mets, and he won. I remember – uh Mm-hmm. being in uh right field uh box seats and um you know yeah, i mean like if you if you
1: if your dad's taking to the games growing up it's kind of hard to go against that no
2: yeah the thing is with his father i don't know being away during the war in the army uh and came back like i said he was with his mom uh for like 2 years i don't know if there was like some resentment when he came home it was always right, strange I get it. to me Always strange to me, Sal, but it, it, it's just one of those things that, like, like I said. Now, my son, my son's a Mets fan, so obviously. Uh, but I, I think that's one of the, the dynamics that uh, that happened back then, and I, that's the only way I could see it. I don't, I really don't know how else to see it. How my dad became a—I uh, mean, growing up in the Bronx, also—all um, my friends were Yankee fans, but I followed my dad's footsteps, man. I, I, yeah, I used just, to argue it, with them, and at the time, I had nothing to argue about until '86. So.
1: Which you would think, but, you and, and you would think that'd be the majority, and thank you for the call, Joe. You would think that's the majority. You know, Fleegs and I were talking about before. Why wouldn't someone follow? Now, you have a unique circumstance going away, you know, for for war and, and you know, all that that entails, so who knows what exactly was going on there. But And maybe there is, you know, there's got to be some kind of either, I don't know about resentment factor, but rebellious factor. A call a call before and talked about the competitiveness, but maybe there's some rebellious uh, rebellion, is that the right word where you want to be rebellious in there as well. Do not come in this house with an earring well, I'm going to get an earring. Do not come in this house with a Yankee hat I'm going to get a Yankee hat. I still can't imagine though, because sports is generally, even though it's a lot of negativity with your team, you know being a sports fan is always losing. But it's such a a healthy bond between parent or uncle and child or aunt and child, like whatever. I would think, I mean, that's at least how it's been in my experience. But like I said, I didn't even have any guidance. My grandfather, a little bit. My uncle, sure, but I wasn't going to follow them. I don't know why I just didn't. I mean, they were all diehard Yankee fans. All my uncles are diehard, Yan- and maybe I was rebellious against them, as a matter of fact. But I don't even think that that was the case. I just think because the Mets were good in the '80s, and I was going to, you know, Shea Stadium, and I, for whatever reason, fell in love with Doc Gooden and Darryl Strawberry and Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez, and it just kind of happened. Matter of fact, and I still, I, I might bring this back now. I've been thinking about this going into this football season. Even though I lean Jets, and I lean Jets more so than the Giants because of Parcells, but I was a Giants fan. Growing up, before I was a Falcons fan, I was actually a Giants fan. But it wasn't like diehard. I you know, I remember the Super Bowl against the Bills. I remember the playoff games against the Niners. Um, I remember liking Felipe Sparks was one of my favorite players. And I, like I said, I love Parcells. And then just somehow in junior high, I wanted my own identity, and I I liked Dion, and it just snowballed. But maybe I'm going to be a Giants fan again. Bring that old-school Sal back. Because I do believe in this team with Brian Dable, with Joe Shane, even with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But I like both these teams, actually. Now it's about where the teams are at. Uh, less than rooting interest for me as somebody who's, you know, kind of neutral as far as the rooting goes. If I believe in what they're doing, I can get behind them. If I don't, I can't. With Gettleman and Gettleman picking, you know, foolishly atop their drafts, whether it's a running back early, passing on quarterbacks, whatever it may be, I couldn't get into that because I didn't believe in what he was doing. But now I believe in Joe Shane and Brian Dable. I love Brian Dable, one of my favorite coaches in the league. How can he not be? And I love Joe Douglas. For the Jets. And I definitely love Aaron Rodgers. 877-337-6666. Chris calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Chris?
3: Hi, Sal. Who's making Hi, these baseball schedules? Last month, we're mean? going to the West Coast, playing the Dodgers, the Mariners, and we're playing 27 day, games in 26 days. And here, when we're going from the Bronx to Citi Field to Boston, back to the Bronx, we're us have all plays in between these games.
1: Yeah, that made no sense to me. The fact that the Yankees uh, Yankees and Mets both having two off days around a two-game series. It just didn't make any sense.
3: Well, that's probably because just in case one game gets delayed because of rain, they probably uh, want them to be able to make it up without doing a doubleheader.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, but they've had plenty of doubleheaders before in the Subway series. So, I mean, maybe that's the case, maybe not, but it was just odd to me. They don't have that the next go-around, if I'm not mistaken, not both teams, uh, la, 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 July. Yeah, see, the Mets play the day after the Subway Series in Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees do not. The Yankees, again, the Yankees will have the all-star break in July, obviously, like everybody else. They have an off day the following Thursday, and then two off days that following week. I mean, the Yankees are off a ridiculous amount in July.
3: Yeah, coming up last month, we were going to the West Coast, Cross country to Seattle, and we're playing day after day.
1: Well, I mean, you did have you you, play, you had an off day in uh, uh, during that West Coast trip in L.A. or in Seattle, whatever, and then the day after. So where are you getting that they didn't have any off days?
4: Uh, didn't we play like twenty seven games in like twenty eight days that month?
1: I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule right in front of me. The Yankees were off after the three game series in Seattle. And then they picked back up and played three games against the Dodgers. And then they were off again before coming home to take on the White Sox. And then they had a game rained out. Then they had a doubleheader. So I don't know where you're getting that stretch. Maybe it was before that. The Yankees from May 5th. And thank you for the call, Chris. From May 5th through the 31st had one scheduled off day. So maybe that's what you're talking about. From May 5th. When Clint Frazier, uh, Clint Frazier, when, <laughs> where the hell did that come from? When Harrison Bader returned, I can't even believe I just said that. Where does that come from even? Anyway, when Harrison Bader returned May 5th through May 31st, because they had an off day, as we said, June 1st, even if you want to go through that West Coast trip, that's fine, but then they had two off days, but they had one day from May 5th through May 31st off that's the stretch you're probably talking about but since then it hasn't been as bad pat is calling from the bronx what's up pat
5: hey sal always good to talk to you after a mets victory
1: Ah, well it's not that often this year
5: that's true it's been few and far between uh i just want to talk a little pop psychology with you when it comes to rooting for teams and and the mets uh sensitive feelings you know you're supposed to be a big boy you're a Major League Baseball player, you're supposed to be able to suck it up when uh, people are bowing you or getting on the radio talking about your wife or your size or making things that you're trash and this and that. It affects you more in the early 20s to mid 20s than it does it in the 40s or in my case, in my 60s. You know, it, it affects you more when you're younger and you don't have that confidence built up. Some of these men right. may be sensitive. Lindor may be sensitive. Uh, Vogelback may be sensitive. I noticed in the press conference that Buck didn't throw Vogelback under the bus. He asked. Them. Where did this mental health thing come from? And they said Vogelback told us. Well, Vogelback may have made that up. So the coach may have told me he was benching him for a little while.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know if, if it was Buck's idea, Vogelback's idea. Either way, it seems to have worked. You know, yeah. it, where Vogelback looks like a, a different hitter, he's not a, he's not a baseball player. He looks like a much different hitter, though, as he's actually, guess what, swinging the bat.
5: And and that was maybe where his confidence was lacking. He felt he was taking walks and he didn't have the confidence to swing at some of these pitches. Maybe he just was going through a bad phase. But regarding rooting for teams, don't deny your daughter the bonding because, you know, The Mets have had little success in the course of their history. But when there was success in 86, and I don't know how old you were then, but that was an amazing moment to to share between parents and
1: children and brothers. But that's just, and and I get it. And I was young at, at that time, but I do remember, you know, my mom. You know, my mom was a Yankees fan growing up because she grew up in a household of Yankee fans. But she then converted to a Mets fan because the Mets were good, I guess, and because I liked the Mets. I don't know how it started initially but it must have been just from going to a game in 86 or whatever watching the team in 86 and then going to games in the late 80s you know, be, like I said because they were good but my daughter already has had multiple Mets shirts she's you know been a, a few games like it's starting it's not that I'm forcing it it's just that you follow along whatever you know the lead is of the parent no
5: I think so. I, th- I think there is an emotional bond just sharing that moment in 86. And, you know, think about it. If, if someone had grown up uh, as a Yankee fan and they, and they hit their six or seven-year-old at 96 and they saw four, four, four championships in five years and they saw the Yankees make the World Series two more times and every year they're winning 93 games and coming short, wouldn't that be more tragic than that occasional success? Because you know that Mets championship is coming. It's not, it's not the Jets here. It's coming. And it'll be shared between you and your
1: daughter. Oh, how are you so confident, Pat? And thank you for the call. How do you so? How are you so confident? By the way, Fleagues was right. Like you can't chase. It just doesn't happen as a fan. That's not fandom. You don't chase championships. So when you're trying to, oh, you know what? You're raising your daughter or whoever it may be, and you want to have them enjoy success. It doesn't work like that. What do you think you could predict? We certainly know I can't predict it. But what do you think? You can predict who's going to win and when they're going to win? I'm sure somebody who grew up in 2009, you know, uh, let's say somebody was born in 2009, you're thinking, oh, this is great. You're going to be born into this great Yankee fandom and all the success. Meanwhile, the Mets have made a World Series more recently than the Yankees have.
6: Listen, good news for that person. Gambling is legal now, so have a blast. You can predict everything.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Go gamble. It's not about trying to have your child enjoy success as a fan. It's sports. It's not life and death. It's supposed to be fun. And you want that bonding experience. I mean, we had a call before talking about how he wanted to go against. that. He finds it fun going against his friends or, or parents or whatever. But to me, it's about going into the game and bonding together. There may be a day. And like I said, I never thought of this before because I didn't have it. So for someone like you, Fleeks, who grew up going to games with your dad, when you have kids, naturally you're going to think you're going to want to do the same thing. Boy or girl, doesn't matter. right? You're going to want to do the same things that you did with your dad.
6: Absolutely. And listen, that kid roots against the Mets, whoever they're playing while we're in City Field. They can find their own way home.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Right, they could pay for their ticket and their food and their transportation. Find your way home.
6: Right, you want a hot dog, you want chicken tenders, all right. You know, go see if you can haggle for them.
1: Right, so for me, I never had that. So it's not something I thought of until my nephew. And then I started to realize, oh, my God, this is like the greatest thing ever. Because he got me back into the Rangers again. Because I was excited to live through it with him. And going to all these games and seeing his eyes light up when we're at the world's most famous arena or yelling at a player to give him a puck and he gets it. Like, my God, that makes that brings me back. Those are things I never experienced with my father, and now I'm experiencing it because I love sports with my nephew who loves hockey. And maybe one day I'll experience that with my daughter who might like baseball. And maybe there'll be a time where we could go to, you know, a game where she gets older and doesn't freak out every time somebody cheers and screams. Steve is calling from Queens. What's up, Steve?
7: Hey, what's going on, man? How are you tonight?
1: Good, Steve. How are you?
7: Going well, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, so me and my dad, we get along in every single sport. I'm talking he grew up with the M&M brothers for the Yankees. I grew up with the core four. We went to many, many games. He had Ranger season tickets. He had Giant season tickets, which I took over once he retired. Uh, We didn't really like too much basketball, but we definitely watched the Knicks together. Now, out of all those, our favorite sport uh, was soccer. He was actually the president of the soccer club uh, Hmm. growing up. So he was big, big into soccer. We had the Metro Star season tickets from back in the day, which turned into the Red Bulls. And then... After all of that, when I grew up, when I really started to follow my own sports, we grew up and decided to both follow teams in the English Premier League. Uh, I know you guys don't follow soccer so much, so I'll keep it short and brief. His was the Manchester United. Everybody watched Manchester United. I wanted to be different, and I wanted to choose a team uh, called Chelsea at the time when I chose them, they had a really arrogant coach, and he was like a loudmouth, and that's kind of why I chose them. Anyway, years later, he he decided to switch his team. He's now a Manchester City fan, and they played each other in the Champions League final the other day, uh, the other year, a couple of years back. Uh, and Chelsea actually beat Manchester City, but I'll never be able to forget that moment that I had. You know, we grew up liking all of these same teams and this one and then particular. The one
1: different yeah i mean I, yeah. Look, I i guess that that works hey look with soccer and i know there's uh, you know a uh, passion and fan base and thank you for the call steve you know it's it's interesting i guess that you could have that uh different team again i can't feel it with soccer because i'm not uh, i don't have a a team in soccer there are times where i enjoy watching it um as a matter of fact we got and you joe like this story Well, you might not like it but i'm going to tell you anyway there's friends of ours that my, my wife's friends live in Qatar and they come and visit us every year And they're coming again in July. And last time he came, I forget what month it was, but there was soccer on and he's a big soccer fan. So I was throwing it on for him and it actually got me into it a little bit. It was a big matchup. Anyway, you would never think that WFAN reaches Qatar, but it does. And somehow randomly our friends from Qatar that are coming to visit one of the, this guy, Robert Cody, who is the principal at ACS, whatever that is, is from Long Island and lives in Qatar. And randomly he's at the principal that our friend's kid goes to their school. Right. Randomly, somehow this listener of this show, Ask them where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to Long Island. And he's like, oh, where are you, where are you going to Long Island? I'm from Long Island. And they're like, oh, Lake Ronkongman. And the first thing this guy says, this listener of the show, this Robert Cody, he goes, do you know Sal Akata? And they're like, do we know him? That's where we're staying. Fleeks, is that incredible? Qatar. I mean, I know he's from Long Island, but think about that. Isn't that bizarre?
6: No, that's insane because, listen, we have listeners all over the world, especially at these hours because, you know, on the other side of the world, this is when people are awake. Like, you know, we have call uh callers and listeners in Europe and Asia, so that part's right. not the strangest. The fact that, yes, he's asking about you specifically who have hosted overnights for, I mean, at this point in time, what, like a year, a little over a year? Two and years. it's so specific well, right, yeah. that even as the one person in the world that you just asked about, not only, you know, he doesn't just know you, not just a listener, like, they are staying with you. I mean, that's, that's insane. That's
1: unbelievable. Now, the only potential time would be, I've mentioned it before, in passing, like, oh, my wife's friends are coming over this weekend from Qatar or whatever. I, I mentioned it last year because they come over once. And maybe I've said it another time. I mean, is he listening to that and then put the two and two together? Oh, you're, you're leaving from Qatar to go to Long Island. Maybe you're the people that are staying with Salakad. And I, I, they are. I mean, that's crazy to me. But still, even if that's, if that's the case, it's still bizarre. Anyway, how right. About even if that? that's the
6: case, they still have to meet each other in person and start this conversation.
1: Right. Think about that. You talk about a small world in Qatar. How many people are there? That I mean, that is just. I mean, that is unfreaking believable. My wife told me that. Like those are the you know because you get it with friends a lot, right? Oh, this friend heard this and that about the station or whatever. From Qatar, I'm like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? How did they even how did that even come up? Did they mention something? They're like, no, they never said anything. Some the principal, Robert Cody, comes up to them and asks them and mention you. They're like, Yeah, that's what we're saying. That's the I kind of story
6: that is gonna shatter your brain every time you think about it for the rest of your life.
1: I can't I still can't believe it. And I can't wait for them to come here and we could talk about it so I could just again ask them because my wife is doing the talking to them now. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense. How did they find out? How did this happen? So I'm going to grill them when they actually get here coming uh, in a couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, mid July. Speak your mind at 877 337 6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. Sal Lakata back on the fan, continuing with your calls till 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Talking Mets, talking Yanks, whatever's on your mind on this Tuesday morning. Gary is calling from Mayapack. Gary, good morning.
3: Good morning, Sal. You brought a smile to my face when you said that your nephew wore a Panarin shirt under the Island of jersey. I loved it. I loved that kid.
1: It was so funny. You're right, Gary. You would love him more than you like me. He. It was so funny because I was like, what's wrong with you? Like Because I, I, it was cold out. I was trying to get him to take off his uh, jersey and put a jacket on or something. And he wouldn't do it. And I was like, dude, do it. And then I, I lifted it up and I realized because he had a Panarin shirt underneath and he didn't want any of the Islander fans to see him do
3: it. That's great. That's a great story. That, there. It was that, great. That, that you can grow up like me, which I don't know it's a great thing because I've had a lot of Misery in my life with my teams. My biggest wish is that I get to, you know, enjoy a championship with one of my teams. My son is 26. So I'm not getting any younger. I'm 63, and and we talk about it a lot. We say, you know, you think we'll ever, you know, be able to enjoy, you know, a Jet Super Bowl, a Met World Series, a Ranger, you know, Stanley Cup. And I only pray because there's nothing like that with fandom. If you're a passionate sports fan like me and you have you know children like you you you're passionate Mm -hmm. and uh whether it's a boy or a girl because i had my daughter first and i had her into the mets and the rangers early on you know girls sometimes don't stick with it but my son is worse than me now but there's nothing like that and i really don't know how you know a child if you're that passionate could like another team to be honest with you
1: so weird, right? You would you would think. I mean, whatever. To each their own. But yeah, I would just I would just assume that kids follow the lead of their parents at least for a little while. I mean, like you said, they don't have to be as diehard as we are. It's not going to be everybody's thing. I understand that, especially at a young age, they could be following along. But then they start to get a little bit older and realize they want to do things on their own. That's fine. But I just have a hard time thinking anybody would want to purposely go against their their family. Oh great! Oh great!
3: Hey, a little baseball note. Hey, before I talk about the Mets, you made a stellar play yesterday. I seen it on uh, on the on the fan Twitter or whatever account is. Yeah, I was. Whole-
1: uh, uh, look, I was always a good defensive player. That was my strength as a baseball player growing up. So I uh, I flashed some leather uh, in that uh, charity softball game, Carden Roberts for his team uh, Tiki and Tierney, and I made a couple of nice defensive plays. That was one that they showed. I got to tell you though, Gary, I am still sore. Three days now after, like, I can't walk right. My right knee is hurting. My left leg from diving for that, for sliding from that, is, yeah, Uh, a a little rug burn on the carpet. But really, my right knee is banged. I'm all banged up. My 43-year-old body's not working right anymore. Man, oh, man, that's tough.
3: It's tough to get old. Um, With the Mets, last year, I got this from uh, Bruce Beck. JJ was on. JJ committed the cardinal sin uh, like you did last year, saying that the division is over. It may be over for us catching them, but one of the other teams in the division may catch the Braves. But last year we were forty-four and twenty-three on June eighteenth. Can you believe that? Sal? forty-four and twenty-three, twenty-one games over, six and a half game lead. And this year we're now thirty-four and thirty-eight, four games over, and twelve and a half back. Or twelve. Last
1: year. Kind of- Last year, Gary, was a near-perfect regular season, as you well know, a near-perfect regular season, right. and it was one of the more more enjoyable years and more painless years that the fan has ever experienced. Absolutely, and to the end, Sal, you're absolutely right. At
3: the end, uh, it got a little ugly with Atlanta, and then, of course, the way it ended with San Diego. But, again, this year, 10 losses we have. When we score six or more runs, most in baseball, okay? Last year, our record was 55 and four when we scored six or more runs. We never blew games. And if we only blew half of these 10, we'd be, you know, at 500, we'd be in a lot better, you know, shape than we are now. And before you, before you let me go south, I just want your opinion on, on the Rangers higher with Lavalette.
1: Well, I'm curious to get your take on it. I'll give you mine after I get your take on it.
3: You know, I always liked him. Uh, towards the end of this process, I was kind of wishing they would give Patrick Wara a look because I mm-hmm. think they need some you know, intensity and a fiery guy. I think you're going to get that if you remember uh, 24-7 or whatever was called. When yeah, we I'm not in- worried but-
1: about Laviolette lacking fire and being intense. That, that would not be right. a concern of mine. And
3: he brought in a good bench coach today, Michael Pecker. If you remember, he was an Islander captain, and he. I remember he was a, a player.
1: Game. He played with Buffalo yeah. too, didn't he, Pecker?
8: Yeah,
3: he was, and he and he plays yep. with a lot of heart and a lot of spunk. But um, I'm happy with it. He's got experience. And speaking of Panarin, I know your nephew loves him. Did Did, did you hear that he shaved his head?
1: I did see that. I wasn't sure if it was real or not. And good to catch up with you, Gary. Thank you for the call. I did see that. And I think they were tweeting it out, the Rangers social media as real or not or fake or not, whatever. And I was just like, I kept it moving. I didn't really care enough to find out if it was real or not. Good for him. If he shaved his head like Lindor, too. I think both those guys look, you know, me, I mean, I'm a a shaved head guy. And if you don't know me, I'm bald. So I've been a, a shaved head guy for many years. So I'm all for that. As far as Laviolette goes, initially, you know, when the Rangers were going to make a decision to move on from Glant, I was thinking, all right, well, Laviolette, I generally like a a retread guy because I know they've had success elsewhere. So I figure, okay, well, the next stop, maybe they have it again or, you know, re- be rejuvenated after, you know, going with a different team and, you know, whatever, bouncing around. But then I started to go off of that thinking, eh, what's the difference of him and Glant? And I wanted to go toward more, like you said, Wah would have been intriguing, as opposed to the traditional retread higher. Think outside the box. Messier, whatever, something like that. And then they didn't go that way, and I wasn't happy at first because I loved Gallant. But the more I think about it, the more I'm on board with La Villette. Look, I don't have a choice, number one. Number two, he has had success. Number three, I do believe that he will get the most out of these players than anybody else would get. Now, whether that's going to work or not, we'll find out. But I do believe he'll be the guy to to get the most out of these players here. And there's no question he's going to hold them accountable. Again, I'm not knocking Glenn because I love Glenn I think he was very successful. But I'm on board with the Lobby Lett hire now. Brian is calling from Florida. What's up, Brian? Sal, baby.
4: How are you, man?
1: Good, Brian. How are What's you? A-
4: Hey, i got to give it to you, bro. Listen, I've talked to Boom and G and Craig and Evan and JJ and the
1: Schmooze
4: and Keith. Never have I waited so long to get on the fan than for Sal Licata at 1.30 on a Tuesday
1: morning. Well, I, so, well, I appreciate that, you, Brian. Brother. Thank- <laughs> that that I means appreciate people are checking in, man. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Listen. It means that people are calling, which is a good thing. I'm sorry that I keep you guys on hold for so long, but I mean, I'm mean, i trying to take him in order here. So I appreciate you taking Listen, the time man, and holding I, up. I
4: wait for- I'd wait for days to talk to you. But when I got to sit through listening to Ted Lasso talk about Chelsea and Manchester city, you know, I was afraid (laughs) we were going to start going into the WNBA from there. (laughs) Uh, That's Listen, 12 years ago when I had, when I had my son with, with my now ex, uh, she was Yankees giants and I'm Yankees jets. And I looked at her and I said, this kid's gotta be a Giants fan. He's gotta be a Giants fan because I never want him to go through what I've been going through. And at that no. point, I was 35, so I then had another 12 years of it even being worse as a Jets fan. No. So I don't want my son to be a Jets fan. Uh, I understand that.
1: Uh, I could understand that. But he—what did he say? He doesn't want to be. Well, listen. He's only, you know—at this point, he's 11
4: years old. We—you know—he lives down in Florida with his mom now. You know, and now I got to listen to him talk about the Rays, bro. So. Oh.
1: Well, right, so you know, he lives in Florida. So that could be a whole different situation. Why wouldn't he, like, could he root for the Bucs? Oh, uh, no, nah,
4: man, the Devil Rays, dude. He,
1: no, he's sticking with the Giants. and okay. And, and he, still, he still
4: swears up and down that he loves the Yanks. His mother's a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Uh, so, you know, he, he went with the Canes. I'm fine with that. I'm a Devils fan. But I got to tell you, the best times, we're with, with with talking about the family rivalries. My brother and I are Yankees, Knicks, And Jets. But we differ on the Devils Rangers. I'm Devils. He's Rangers. And, Sal, there's no better times. You know, we lived through World Series with the Yankees together. Yeah, they were great. There's no better thing than that Devils-Rangers rivalry between
1: Yeah, I guess us. it adds something to it. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. It adds something to it when there's that rivalry built in. You look forward to it, you versus him. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand all that. It Look, that's part of being a fan, and that's what makes it fun, I guess. And it's not, you know, I, I know we treat it as it's life or death, and thank you for the call, Brian, and I appreciate you holding on. I know we treat it as it's life or death. It's not. It should be fun. The problem is losing isn't fun. And the bigger problem is that being a sports fan, the majority of the time, is losing. I can't imagine. Again, this is a different point of view for me because I grew up without that as a father. So I have, I can't even imagine what it was like. It was just never a factor in my life when I saw so many others. And it wasn't even something like I necessarily missed. As a matter of fact, I liked it better. Because it was my thing, not my dad's thing. It was me. I was the biggest sports fan of the house. I wasn't following his lead and you know him being a nutty sports fan and going crazy with the Jets losing, whatever it may be. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that just wasn't my household. So it was my thing. He had his thing. I had mine. But now, as an uncle who has a nephew that loves hockey, And he likes other sports, too. He's getting into the other stuff, but he loves hockey, and he's a good hockey player. I could never imagine being against him in fandom. Like, it just, I would never want that. If he starts rooting for a different team or whatever in in football, I can understand that happening. But with hockey, where his passion's at, I have a hard time thinking I could ever be against my nephew. Milton is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Milton?
8: Hey, what's going on, Sal, man? Great job. Uh, So, I'm telling you right now, I mean, this really is really, I'm passionate about this. And I fight with people who, and they don't understand. It's like, I guess it depends on where you grew up, who you grew up with. Now, I didn't grow up with a crazy sports fan father, but I became that. And I did it on my own. My first team was the Yankees in 81. I grew up, I never seen the Yankees even make the playoffs for 15 years. So, these fans that complain about them making the playoffs and crying, this makes me laugh. Imagine not seeing a playoff. Imagine not making a playoffs for 15 years, let alone losing in a playoffs. So yeah. I went through that, and becoming a Jet fan as a Yankee fan was difficult because I didn't know as a kid what it was about because I was never told about it. But when my uncle who was passing away at the time because of uh, you know cancer from the Vietnam War, the Agent Orange spray. So my uncle was passing away, and he told me, "Hey, there's two New York teams," and I was like, "Oh, I like the Cowboys because I went to North Carolina." He goes, "No, no, there's two New York teams," but and I said, "Who are you root for?" He says, I'm a Jets fan, but I don't want you to root for them because they suck. And i was like, wow, I'm not going to root for that team. I'm not going to root for that team. You know." So, and I didn't, but unfortunately, he passed away like a week after that. So when he passed away... Have you told a, me
1: this story before, Bill? Yeah, I feel like I've I told heard you. this before. Yeah, yeah you told me I told
8: you. I told you. I told you. And I just... But, my, but then that sets out with me... My kids have to root for my child. Listen, my kids have to root for my teams. I cannot deal with that. I, when from little, I don't care if people are going to complain you forced them. Yes, I forced them. I forced my mother. I forced my sisters. Everybody's a Yankee fan in my house. Everybody's Jet fans, my brothers. I'm the biggest sports fan. They all follow me because they're not really into sports, so they're just following me. And I just can't imagine. I don't know how these parents that are sports fans allow their kids to root for the teams against them. I just I can't. I can't yeah, deal with think- it. How does that happen? <laughs> I, I just can't. tell. No, that will never happen in my house. For any if, if, if any father out there that's a sports fan, then he's not really a really big sports fan. I cannot raise a son. No, I'm- I mean, look, you on, can't Sal, control. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. My son is going to be a Yankee fan. As simple as that. Well, I what mean, if what... he says,
1: Dad, you know what? Uh, stop forcing the Yankees on me. I like the Mets, and I like Francisco Lindor. What are you going to do about it? Oh, what if, I can't, what I... if my daughter said, Daddy, you watch baseball, but you watch the crappy baseball. I want to watch Aaron Judge. Then what? I what would what cry. do you say for that? I would,
8: cry. I would cry in front of my kids for the first time. I would make them feel bad. I would cry. No. So my son never <laughs> told me I wouldn't root for the Mets. I would literally just cry and make him feel bad. I mean, I can't. I can't deal with that. My, 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 my passion is so deep. I just have to have my kids. You know, and my son was at the World Series in 2009. We got to celebrate that together, and that was awesome. We're suffering, Jet fans. And i told him before, listen, I'm sorry I made you a Jet fan, but you know what? I suffer. You suffer. If they win, we win. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Thanks, it's, it's all, about, it's all. Yeah, it's all about the family. It's all about being together. Can you imagine sitting there, telling your daughter's rooting? You're, I mean, you're a Met fan. Your daughter's rooting for the Yankees? No, Sal. No. you make her No, I fan. can't. You make her a fan. Don't feel no, bad like about it. Like I
1: said, it. Sal, they, don't
8: to
1: well, I'm, uh, no, I'm not, not going to force the issue. And, and thank you for the call, Milton. I love your passion for this topic. I'm not going to force the issue. It's not like, it, it, put on this jersey. You're going to be a fan. It's We're going to the games together. She doesn't know any better right now, so she'll wear whatever. I mean, she can't dress herself, so we put on her you know Mets gears we go to the game take some pictures and then you you know that becomes a thing you do it at one years old two years old you know by four or five years old then maybe she starts to understand maybe she likes Mr Met whatever I mean, it's not like you have to be a Mets fan but you grow up going to Met games with your father who is a Mets fan I'm assuming you're gonna be a Mets fan but you never know you now these young, my nephew now Hopefully, we instilled it in him about the Mets, and I know he loves Lindor and Alonzo, But you know, let's say he starts going to school, and it's the cool thing to like Aaron Judge or the Yankees. You know, little kids don't know any better. Sometimes,
6: teach him to not succumb to peer pressure. Come on,
1: right? Well, that's right. You got to teach him the right way. I don't care what anybody says. What what we say matters. And by the way, you think I'm a nutjob fan? my sister's a billion times worse, a billion times worse. And I started her in it, but she's she's even more nuts than I am, at least was, uh, and she's got that in her. There, there's that something in there. She may not watch the Mets every night, but when they get back to being good and she starts going to games and paying attention, she's you know a, a, a level 18 out of a 10. Same thing with the Rangers. She takes it harder than I do, probably even more so than my nephew does at this point. So she'll straighten his rear end out. I don't have to worry about him. He'll be all right. But my daughter, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you buy her a Knicks jersey, you buy her Rangers jersey, you buy her Mets jersey, see where it goes. Eight seven seven. 7, 7. The football team is TBD. I was thinking about that. I'm all, all kidding aside, I was thinking about that this year. Because I'm not going to, and who knows if she's going to like football or even care? But I am not going to. Put the Falcons thing on her because I just don't care enough anymore. It's sad to say that. It's the reality. You know, my job is to talk New York sports. Matt Ryan has moved on. It's just, you know, the 20 to 3 thing. Like, I'll always be a Falcon fan. I'll never lose that, but I just don't care as much anymore. So, why would I give her that type of fandom? Pick, she's going to have to pick Jets and Giants. That's going to be a tough one. Talk New York sports with us. 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal back on the fan. 877-337-6666. Going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al And Jerry, Mets get a big win, 11 1. Max Scherzer dominant, eight innings for Scherzer. His longest outing as a Met. It was his best start as a Met. Eight strikeouts allowed just the one hit, Uh, excuse me, the one earned run, four hits, but it was a home run that he allowed um, for the one earned run. But anyway, Max Scherzer, eight innings, one run, eight strikeouts, just walked one. Looked like the old Max Scherzer, the dominant Max Scherzer. Mets offense obviously did their job with Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, each with a couple of hits. Lindor drove in five runs, a big three on Homer in the ball game. Daniel Vogelback drove in three runs, a couple of base hits for Vogie, Fan, McNeil, everybody contributing. A couple of nice defensive plays as well. Mets look good for a night. Now can Verlander back it up tonight? Duke is calling from Huntington. What's up, Duke?
9: How you doing?
1: Uh
9: how are you, Sal? I'm,
1: Good, Duke. How are I you? you
9: my, I wanted to give you my take as far as uh, how the fans have changed in my teams. When I, I'm 65 years old. My dad was a Pirate fan because he grew up in Pittsburgh, and I grew up in uh, Queens. And, you know, at, at the time I grew up, um, you had two choices. There was an ESPN. You watched the Yankees. I kind of caught the end of Mantle's career, and I watched the Mets, and I got to experience the uh, 69 World Series. And from then, I became basically a big Mets fan. And over time, I think you could have differences. My dad was always a Pirate fan, but I think the fans have changed. Like, I hear people talking about being diehard fans and, you know, going against... To me, Charlie Finley basically changed the whole workings of the fans you know I watch baseball now and I see guys like if you're a Yankee fan and you hate the Red Sox and then you get players like Damon Ellsbury Wade Boggs on your team the next year or if you're a Met fan and you get Glavin from the Braves it kind of the fan has more passion than the players do and I also think if you take a look at how the free agency has changed that when you start getting players that you hate Onto your team because they sign with your team, and then you look at fantasy sports where that's now picked up big time, and you got players who you want to win your league. Obviously, going against the team that you. Yeah, I don't think there's for. any
1: question, Duke. I think that's an excellent point. The fantasy stuff. I think that's an excellent point, especially with football. I'm not sure it has that much of an impact. Baseball-wise, it might, but I, I know does. football. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Fantasy football has an impact of who people root for nowadays. Where they don't even root for a team; they root for their bets to win. They root for their fantasy team—that is their team. Yes,
9: and 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 the the whole idea, like as a Mets fan, you love to hate certain players as much as you love your own. I used to like. I mean, granted, these guys have a right to make whatever. They can earn and I'm, I'm a union guy and i understand that but somehow it doesn't sit right with me if next year or the year after the mets sign three of the braves top free agents and now you're a met fan and you got a root for these you know all of a sudden you got okuna because steve Cohn can get them when he turns a free agent or... well i
1: mean yeah but but i wouldn't see that's part of that's part of sports and thank you for the call duke I wouldn't let that bother me. I mean, I don't care where the players come from necessarily. Unless it's somebody I can't stand, like Roger Clemens, for whatever reason, is the first guy that comes to mind. I know the Yankees had to deal with that. But you know, for me, I wouldn't want to root for him. But if they're on your team and they can help you win, who cares what team they come from? There's maybe a little that initially, or maybe you never warm up to the player as much as you would have if he came from somewhere else. But ultimately, if the player can help you win, that's what it's about. Andre is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Andre? Andre, you there? Andre is not there. Robbie is calling from Phoenix. What's up, Robbie? Uh, Evening.
10: I listen to your show as much as I can. I want to ask
1: you a question. Can you give me your
10: best hypothetical guess? Because I trust your guesses more than many people's facts in in this industry. Why do you think Hal Steinbrenner has kept Cashman and the data applicator for so long? Because logically, these guys should have been gone a, a long time ago. You and I know Boone's not a real manager. He's a data applicator. I'm, I mean, like, like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting right, a different result.
1: But why wouldn't – see, look. I would have made the change with both of them after the 2021 season. However, you're saying that, oh, well, how could they not make the change? Look at their record. I mean, how are you going to fire guys with that sustained success? Now, Brian Cashman, to me, has made plenty of mistakes and is a big part of the reason why the Yankees have not been able to get over the hump into a World Series or winning a World Series. He's made some bad moves. However, he is still the architect of a a team that just wins unlike any other as far as the regular season success goes. And Boone has obviously been a good manager. I agree with you. He's a data applicator, but I think he's getting a little bit better at being a manager. But he's um, he's the architect or or the manager of a team that has had great success. I mean, look at the years – Since he's been there, what the record has been. And you're telling me you want to fire them every year since 2018 and won 100 games, 103, forget the pandemic year. 92, 99, and now this year. 92 wins was the low-water mark in 2021. That was the year that I would have made the change. They still won 92 games. No,
10: I understand, but this is such a huge payroll you that that you expect a lot better. And here's what I hope that where baseball gets a lot better. they got to stop high. they got to stop with these data applicators. Look how well Bruce Bochy is doing with the Texas Rangers. I want to see hey, that Bochy's... old-timer manager back.
1: I know, but you're seeing it with Buck Showalter, too, and there's been one good, one bad. And thank you for the call, Robbie. I'm not opposed to that, although I will say there's something to some youthful energy. But Bochy's great. You know, Buck was great a year ago. I still trust Buck more than anybody else. Can I tell you, this is the the God's honest truth. I know that I'm not a jinx, but I actually do feel badly that I went to spring training this year and met Buck and hung out with him a little bit and dug out before one of the spring training games, and then the season goes off the rails. Like, it does bother me a little bit. Maybe he's thinking, you know what, that idiot who jinxed us last year with the division, he's got to come down here and say hello before the season. Maybe he's blaming me for some of it. And I don't want that. And if I didn't go, it wouldn't have been an issue. Every time I talk about Buck and think about it, that's exactly what I think of. That I'm a jinx, in fact.